Hey, before this episode starts, just want to thank Jenna for coming on the show, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, shout out to our patron, Kevin, for supporting the podcast as well, and if you'd like a shout out at the top of every episode, you can go to patreon.com slash pastime. Uh, you can also support by following me on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast, and, you know, good old word of mouth always works too. Um, uh, I mean, I think that's enough uh, self-promotion, and, you know, let's just get right into this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Pastime Thinker podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Piquette, and today my guest is Jenna Foa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. So I think like one thing you and I can talk extensively about is probably musical theater and, and musicals in, in general. Uh, oh, yeah. I think like I don't want to toot my own horn, but like I'm I've listened to a lot of stuff. I'm pretty sure you've listened to probably more than <laughs> I have. Because every time that I, I come to the group chat saying like, oh, I just discovered this musical, you just retort with, but have you listened to these three different musicals? And it's always no. I don't know. Jury's out. I think during quarantine, you might have me beat. I don't know. I still have not done any research into or listened to Hades Town, and I hear it's really good. <gasps> oh, yeah. Okay. That's one you definitely have to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, just for anyone listening, like strap in, this is a musical theater episode. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, if, if that's, uh, something you're not into, you know, you can click off, but is that something you want to learn more about? Like hang around. Um, uh, I'll start with this. What got you into musicals? Do you remember your first musical? Like, but like the, the gateway drug for musicals was for oh, you? Yeah. What, what was yeah, it? I mean, I was. I was like three and my parents, the only things they ever had playing were VHSs of The Wizard of Oz and Annie. And that was just all I watched on repeat. So I never thought to count Wizard of Oz as a musical, like the movie. I mean, I know that like Oz is a musical, like I, I, I understand oh. or, or Wicked, sorry. But like, I never considered that Wizard of Oz could have been a gateway into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, to be honest, I feel like the songs are laid out through the movie and the play in a way that it sometimes doesn't feel musically because it's not as like constant but i mean it's it feels like a musical to me and that was <laughs> that was like my entrance into that okay. cringy musical theater kid world mine was hairspray oh that's a good one the one with the one with zach efron like the the remake <laughs> um, uh, i forget exactly how Oh, it was my grandparents. My grandparents introduced a lot of musicals to me. My grandfather was really, really into musicals. Like, uh, I think there there was a point where, like, my grandfather, he was doing, tr he was traveling, like, he just so happened to have been traveling around, but, like, he ended up seeing, like, Mama, like, the first Mamma Mia, like, seven times in, like, four different movie theaters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was just obsessed with Mamma Mia. Um, it's uh, fair, though. I'm obsessed with Mamma Mia, too. <laughs> But yeah, I think it was Hairspray because I think it, the movie just came out. It had Zac Efron, and I used to be really, really into High School Musical. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, Zac Efron, like High School Musical, that's Troy Bolton. And my grandparents got it because they had the original Hairspray movie. So they okay. sat me down and made me sit through the original Hairspray movie. And they're like, all right, and like now we're just like now we're gonna watch the new one, and it was basically the same music, but like, in my opinion, done much better because technology and like I actually knew one of the actors, and I was like, yeah, Zac Efron, yeah, Troy Bolton, <laughs> uh, and then like, 
I don't really think that I got into exploring other musicals until Les Misérables. I feel like that for a lot of like actors and theater kids, that's one of the big ones where it's just been running for so long and it's so iconic in terms of musicals that people like that's their first obsession. Well, it was it was really big when it came out. Like they they all exactly. there was no editing in their voices. They all sang live. Like like whenever you watch that movie, like all the actors are singing live. Like they're not mouthing along to a pre-recording. They're si- they're singing live on set, and that's the audio that they use for the movie. Which hmm. oh, we were talking like the movie was your was yeah. Your I'm talking about the movie. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the movie. Were you talking about the the stage production? Yeah, because I think around the same. I might be totally wrong with the dates, but I think around the same time that the movie was huge, um, the Toronto tour was happening too. Oh, okay. I that was where where I got into it. I mean, after I forget what it was, but like, uh, I I went to go visit my grandparents because a lot of stuff to do with musicals came from my grandparents, um, uh, mm-hmm. and they were like maybe twenty minutes into the movie, and like I just so happened to pop by. They were like twenty minutes until a Miz. And I was just asking, like, being a kid, like, what's this? Who's that? Well, what's going on? Well, I mean, like, why are they, why are they singing? And then uh, <laughs> my grandfather was just like, you know what? Like, we'll just restart the movie so you know everything we know. And I was like, okay. And then, <laughs> like, I fell in love with it. And they gave me, it was on DVD. They, they gave me the Le Miserable DVD. And I watched it almost 30 times in a single summer vacation. Like I would just put it on. Like I was, it was just always playing. Like I'm pretty sure I watched that movie to completion thirty times in like a two month period or something like that. It was something ridiculous like that. <laughs> That's not surprising to hear, considering how much we talked about musicals in college. Yeah, and... we were in school for film and TV, but we were like the two musical theater kids. <laughs> yeah, and I just I grew like an unhealthy attachment to Les Misérables. Like, I started hanging out with, like, the musical theater clique in school that, like, (laughs) basically before summer vacation, we had, like, no interaction whatsoever. And then I immediately got schooled because the only thing I could talk about was Le Miserable. Like, that's the only thing I knew well. That's the only thing I had an opinion on was, like, Le Miserable and Hairspray. And I don't know, because it came up before, but, like, at this point, they were, like, obsessed with Rent. They kept wanting to talk about Rent. Oh, I feel that. I had I had the rent phase too. <laughs> I never like I watched it. I enjoyed it. I occasionally like re-listened to the soundtrack, but like I never got like obsessed with rent. I love it. I mean, there are very few musicals that I don't enjoy just because I Cats. have like so little knowledge on technical stuff in terms of musical theater that I just mm-hmm. watch it for enjoyment. So for me, I'm like, all of them are great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I just started finding other musicals, and I, I, I ended up watching Rent, uh, I ended up, uh, wow, Escape, well, Mamma Mia, of course, Into the Woods, but, uh, again, a lot of first experiences with a lot of musicals for me was through the live-action adapt, well, not the live-action, but, like, the, the movies. I would mm. watch the movie, see if I like it, and then, like, go kind of dig deeper into it right movie adaptations are i think like the best thing about movie adaptation of a musical is it 
become so much more accessible to people. So it like really introduces musicals to a bigger audience. And then a lot of the time people who are like, oh, I don't like musicals. There's too much singing or whatever. Like they learn to enjoy the movie part of it. I don't like musicals. There's too much singing. (laughs) I hear it a lot. That's a lot of the time. That's what people say about why they don't like musicals. They're like, there's too much music in a musical. You're like, like, uh, dude, you get what you pay for. Like you're, you're watching a musical. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think some, some movie adaptations are great. And then some of them are cats. Some of them are cats. Yeah. Yeah. What about like original musical movies that like aren't based off a stage production? Like, uh, one, like La La Land, uh, Greatest Showman. Do, Do you think that they earn like a like a position like on a musical roster do you think that they should like i think greatest showman would be cool for a live action like Broadway. i think it would be too yeah yeah for like to go sort of the other way and turn a like a movie musical into a stage production i think that would be really cool they've done it with a lot of disney movies which they have to me as musicals they've been pretty successful so i mean i think it could be cool to see anything like that i love la la land and i think it works so well as movie oh la la land is my sick in bed movie like oh it's amazing yeah like if i'm not feeling well like if you need like if it's like okay like i'm sick like i can't do anything today i just need to like take it slow like i'll just watch la la land and it makes me feel better and i think for us as actors that is one of the things that's it's just so relatable it covers so many of the like fears you have as an actor it's really cool to watch it's like oh, it really, really and when it when it came out i was obsessed with the greatest showman hugh jackman oh after especially after, a lot of there was a huge hype around great the greatest showman i think it was well deserved uh the soundtrack is amazing there was a couple of uh you know cinematography wise things that like didn't really jive with me like watching it like, there, was, I feel that. there was a couple of like oh i didn't like that oh i didn't like that but the the soundtrack itself is untouchable which is why I think it could like if we ma- if someone did it live, like they can take a lot more risks and take a lot like stage things differently. Hmm. I'm even just thinking like the circus stunts that they could put into the actual show would be so cool. Oh yeah, like I have an entire like thing just burned into my brain of like what would I do if I could make a live action production? <laughs> oh yeah, one thing I would want like actual circus people in it that'd be cool like actually have like live stunts and stuff like an actual circus mm-hmm. aerialists would be amazing on stage that would be really cool whereas like for a live action movie and you want like certain characters to look a certain way like zendaya and uh zach efron right like they they had to learn to do all of that like in <laughs> order to like not in order to but like the reason why they had to learn to do that is because they didn't want to already hire someone who knew how to do that. Whereas right. at least if it's, you know, you know, on stage, you know, they, people don't, when it comes to like a lot of live performances, like I find with the casting, it's just like, can you do it? Okay. You're hired. Like, mm-hmm. like I remember when I watched Les Miserables for the, when I watched it live at Princess of Wales theater in Toronto, um, uh, the Jean Valjean was like a heavier set guy, mm-hmm. but like 
holy shit, he could fucking sing. Like, even though, like, Jean Valjean isn't supposed to be a heavier set guy, like, he fucking killed it. That's, like, the thing about musical theater that I admire so much is, like, it's so demanding in terms of what you have to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, I don't think I could ever do what these actors do because they also have to be like singing live and dancing live and doing all this stuff yeah. while also acting and it's just it's it's so mind-blowing because they're just so talented like across the board i find that that's like a huge difference between like like stage performers and camera performers is like with stage performers it's like can you do it okay you're hired and then with you know like hollywood movies it's like do you look the part okay let's hope you can learn how to do this with film, I think it's obviously hard in its own way, of course, but it's, yeah. it's a little more forgiving in terms of like how much time you have to train for things and like skills that you go in with, you can feel like there's a lot more time to work on those or they're more accepting of like an actor who starts off without those skills and then learns them as they're rehearsing and working toward producing the film. I mean, I mean, like an issue that like, well, not like an issue, but like something that like again gives me more respect for live action. Or not why do I keep saying live action for stage performers? <laughs> is that you know they they had this you know calling, they had this dream. Um, uh, there was a skill that they had to learn. They worked hard at perfecting this skill, and you know they got a cool part because of this skill. Whereas a lot of Hollywood actors is you know, learning the skill was a reward for pretty much already just having the job. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's actually, I actually haven't looked at it that way. Like, when, when you hear, like, you know, crazy stuff about actors, it's like, well, you know, the, this guy learned how to do this in order to, like, portray the role perfectly. It's like, cool. So, like, he got paid to learn this skill for a job sure. he already had. Whereas if you look at stage performers, it was like this person worked really, really hard at this skill to be able to be very on, true. to be on stage. Mm. Yeah. Again, it's not I mean, I... like I'm not saying that like I'm disregarding anyone that, like by saying that. It's just, that's just how I I feel like stage performing like... is a little, you know, underrated yeah, and not as rewarded. I, I feel like mm-hmm. they should be very, very equal in terms of like popularity but at the same time it's very difficult because you can't you know have a stage production and like you know once you start the stage production you're in everybody's homes like at the same time with replay value it's less accessible except i mean now that we're on that topic they have things now like hamilton and newsies and that sort of thing on a plus and you can actually watch the stage actors do it which i love i think that's so cool Oh yeah, me too. I watched Hamilton live like twice in the same day, and then like I watched it again like the very next day. Like it's incredible, and it's just cool that you get to actually have that chance. Because the thing about theater is it is not as accessible. Well, yeah, because when when you're like a big fan of like Broadway or like musical theater, for the most part, unless you're lucky enough to see it live, all you got to work with is perhaps. A movie adaptation but if that's not the case you have a soundtrack that's it yeah and that that that's you know that was what i did with hamilton for a very long time like all i had was the soundtrack i had no visual 
you know, anything for the show. So like, I just had these voices and I had these lyrics and I had to like make a show in my head. And then I got to watch it live and like, they did so many cool things. Like, I, I wish I could have been able to see it live. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Hamilton, I actually remembered because we were talking about working together on projects in college. We, the other project that we did other than our very first scene together was a was Hamilton rap. Hamilton rap. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I cringed I totally thinking about that. Me. I cringe thinking about that. We really um, made a name for ourselves as like <laughs> those musical theater kids. That was something that surprised <laughs> me. I thought like going into a program for like acting students, like we would all just be like cookie cutter, like theater kids. But like there was like maybe two and a half of us. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it was cool. We all got our start in acting in different ways and we ended up sort of having that like not not like basic but sort of like a common trajectory you see with actors where they start in theater and then they end up sort of pursuing film so that was us yeah but it's cool i mean it was nice to see that like people had come from different acting backgrounds oh for sure then it was also cool that i had like a buddy to bond with over musicals too oh yeah i used to think i was hot fucking shit because i was like a lead <laughs> character in my high school production of Susical the musical and like i just rode that high i <laughs> and then just to found, find out that like oh yeah like again was we're all in the same program like we're all in a program for acting so like we all must have had the chops to get into this program so like me thinking like i'm hot shit because i did this and i did that and be like oh that's right like everybody here like is fucking special and cool and shit like that like it's not just me anymore i mean i think a lot of high school aged actors like especially when your only experience with acting is like high school drama yeah. i feel like a lot of us kind of have that because in your high school bubble you're there's obviously kids who get the lead roles and like build up confidence that way but that was like the best thing about our program in college was it was so humbling because we were with so many other actors who had different backgrounds who were all so good yeah like we went into that program with people who had like acting uh experience like outside of their high school which exactly. was yeah. wild and like that made me insanely jealous and it's just, I wait, well, in all honesty, I waited way too long to, like, actually pursue. Like, I didn't really get into, like, high school drama or anything like that until, like, grade 11. Like, I still took, like, high school drama, the class, like, like mm -hmm. the, the, the actual classroom drama. But, like, I didn't, like, pursue any school plays or anything like that until, like, the middle of grade 11. It wasn't until that that, like, I, I don't know if it was an interest-based thing or, like, a, like a courage based thing but like i didn't even think about like g actually trying to be a part of a production until like my high school career was almost over wow i didn't know that about you yeah i feel like that's a thing with a lot of actors though is is we all kind of feel like we've started too late i i, I hear that so many times i don't know I, like... I should have just i should have started taking classes at five years old i don't know what i was thinking so irresponsible have, of me i have that mindset too i'm like why couldn't i have just started in the womb as an actor 
I mean, yeah, like that's the thing you hear. The best thing about acting is you hear about actors starting like at all stages of life. So oh, for it's, sure. Like Danny Trejo. I think the like Danny Trejo has a wild story. Like he lived pretty much a full life before pursuing acting, like underground fighting. Like the guy's been in prison and then he was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some acting now. And then he just took <laughs> off. And like, I love is, Danny Trejo. Which is awesome. And I, and super admirable. And I think like, like, I think with certain actors and certain roles and that sort of thing, it like, demand that you have to have certain life experiences before you can actually tackle those roles like you have to be mentally ready and when you are then the right role will come that's what i like to think oh, and sure. so i think with with a lot of actors like it was just that stage of their life it was the right timing and that sort of thing which is really comforting because i think a lot of just like you mentioned like a lot of actors feel like they're too late but there really isn't a timeline for us Oh no, and like especially when you're still in high school. I'm just talking about like, yeah. like yeah. by the time I started proactively making choices to like kind of get into that scene, like it was like much lo like for someone in high school, like usually like all the drama kids like hit the ground running like right in grade nine, immediately start right. like signing up for everything and, and doing all that. Where like just like for the sake of my own interest, like I just took like grade nine drama and that was it. Hmm. I think we had other other people in our class who were like that too. It was like kind of like hits you by surprise your love for acting rather than like you kind of deciding right away at the beginning that you're going to pursue it. Yeah, like for the longest time, I swear to god, I I knew that I was going to like pursue like culinary arts. Like I was obsessed with mm -hmm. cooking. Like I I love cooking. Like I have so many cookbooks from so many birthdays and Christmases because that was just like the go-to gift for me. Like, oh, it's Fred's birthday. Get him a cookbook. Oh, it's Christmas. Get him a cookbook. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, and then I just took like a hard turn into like drama and theater. And then I took like a small little turn like into like psychology and then I went right back into like like theater. Which is something I've noticed as well with actors or at least the ones that we hang out with and know is is we're all we have that commonality of like all being interested in psychology and I think just because with acting you need to have empathy and you need to have like an understanding of people yeah so there's that and then also I mean it's not like a super huge turn when you really think about it because you were still pursuing arts the whole time like with culinary yeah. art but like no there was a time that, like, like my college application list was so wild like i applied for <laughs> like i applied for uh acting i applied for culinary and i applied applied for psychology courses like at a bunch of different colleges and i'm just like you know what like whoever like gets back to me first i guess is where i'm meant to be and like that's kind of, that was kind of like the mindset i had because like there was a point i could not choose between like these three and like i really enjoy like psychology i really enjoy cooking and like you know i'm having fun you know doing acting and stuff like that so like i just i applied for all three of them which i was told not oh, to why do. not i was told not to do it <laughs> i'm like hey i'm casting a wide net I'm like we'll just see and then yeah. and then yeah and then the only people who got back to me was the acting program and the culinary program and with the culinary program i had uh a form of a scholarship they offered me and then oh sweet yeah and then with the acting 
program, I just felt like I earned it more. There was an audition process. I had to write an essay, had to come in person yeah. and, like, and like meet the professors. So like there was, and they only accepted like X many of students, like a term. Mm -hmm. So like, I was like, I think I kind of earned the acting position more for college than the culinary ones. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's what made me choose between them. That's totally fair. Our audition process for our particular college too was so cool. Like it was so well done. Well, first because of all, I've never done an open audition before. I didn't even oh, know. Wow. I did not even know those existed. <laughs> so we were all in this room and then like, they were just like, all right, who wants to go first? And like, I'm waiting mm -hmm. for someone to raise their hand and like, we all get up and leave and let him do his thing. And someone raised their hand and they went up and they just started going. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <We're> do <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck we're doing this live uh, i mean my experience with college uh auditions for film and and theater programs it was like you would go into the room alone and you were with the prof or like a couple profs and it was just you and them auditioning so mm. like i loved our college program because we actually got to like get comfortable with the people we were auditioning with like other students and then they basically ran us through like demo of the class yeah that what you were getting into and then once we were all comfortable then we auditioned so it was so much more like there was so much pressure that almost got taken off in that sense that when you auditioned you were like on your game because you could focus and you oh, weren't yeah. as you weren't just focused on being nervous yeah like after like every person went up i just started getting more and more nervous i think i was like i made myself be like the fourth person to go up because like after the first three i'm like no like if i'm the last person like that's the last thing everyone's gonna be thinking about and like if i fuck up I'm, like no <laughs> i'm like okay let, let's let's go like early to mid people and like people will just forget about me <laughs> like so i went up and did my thing auditions, yeah i i much prefer going at the beginning when I'm auditioning in terms of an order, if I have a choice, then yeah. going towards the end because you just get more and more nervous as people go. Yeah. Plus in like in my head too, cause like the way our audition went is you had to prepare two monologues and you would go up, you would present one and then they would tweak it. They just like throw a fucking like monkey wrench mm -hmm. in it. Like I remember that. <laughs> like my first speech or my first monologue was a speech from Le Miserable, but from the novel. And, <laughs> and I, it was like this, it's supposed to be like a fucking war cry. Like it's supposed to be like, I'm gathering all these people up and we're, we're, you know, we're going to build the fucking barricade. Let's get like, let's fucking stick it to the man. Like, let's fucking do this boys. And then my like monkey wrench was, all right, now pretend like you're in a cafe and like, you only want one person to hear you. Like you only want the person at the other end of the table to hear what you're saying. And I was like, fuck, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but like, that was the thing I I thought was cool about our audition process though was when I heard we were getting like redirects and notes and that sort of thing I thought it was like based on our acting but it was that they totally changed the scene so it was seeing yeah. how we could do range wise and with yeah like a total 180 in terms of yeah. acting and what we prepared and like that was like another thing that made me want to go up earlier because like after watching them do that to like the first three people like in my head was okay the longer like the farther down the list we go the more creative these guys are gonna have to be with their redirects so i'm just gonna go now <laughs> while they probably have like their standard list of stuff where like before they have to start like imagining shit to throw at us yeah yeah yeah. and then I mean, go pardon go ahead <laughs> go ahead and then my second monologue was Shylock's revenge speech from Merchant of Venice. 
because you got to throw in a freaking Shakespeare monologue, right? <laughs> and of course. my redirect for that was just fucking weird. They were just like, I, I did Shylock's revenge speech, and then they were just like, okay, like, because they, they had like your resume, like your application there. Yes. And they're like, oh, like it says here, like, uh, you're in your school musical. Does that mean you can sing? I'm like, well, I was told by a small high school teacher that I could sing. So, like, if if you think I can sing, like, that's we're about to find out. And they're like, yeah, okay. So, like, just do uh do the monologue again, but uh, like it's an opera. And I was like, they made you sing. They made me sing. Oh my gosh, I would have like, yeah, busted. They stopped me halfway. <laughs> they they dead ass. I started. They didn't even let me finish the monologue. I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing, but you got in, so clearly it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, they didn't let me finish that part. And I'll, I don't know. I don't know how to, I still don't know how to take that. But yeah, I remember getting like just a few lines in, like I was barely like a minute into the monologue and they were like, that's okay. They're like, okay, that's all we needed. Okay. You can sit back down. Who's next? And I'm like, fuck. I have no conscious memory of my audition other than the fact that I, they made me be like a child at a sleepover. Oh. And going back to theater, I was like, I'm honestly really glad that I have a theater background or high school and community theater experience just because you have to think on your feet in theater so I was like okay I can use this to hopefully help me with these redirects oh yeah yeah I don't know it was wild I'm uh we're probably gonna we're probably gonna take a little break right now though you know take a little ad break and uh break we will be right back this episode is sponsored by brotherhood mfg Brotherhood MFG is a clothing brand centered around car culture with a fresh style. They've even given me a special discount code to give to you guys. So if you go to teespring.com slash stores slash Brotherhood MFG and use discount code PASTTIME in all caps, you'll get a 13% discount off the entire store. All right, and we're back. Ooh. Yeah, I always love addressing the fact that we were on a break. I don't know why. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a stupid bit I do. Like every episode, I was like, and we're back, and you have no idea how long we were on a break for. And I make the same <laughs> stupid joke every time. Every time. I mean, if it ain't broke. <laughs> True. I'm, uh, I think something I wanted to talk about a little bit, just because, like, just thinking about, like, the way we were talking in the first half of, half of the episode, um, uh, <laughs> you know, for anyone who doesn't really know much about musicals like we're basically just saying names of things and laughing about it um uh and like i feel like there's like this stereotype well not even stereotype but just like a connotation about like musical theater kids and theater kids in general that there's like a level of like elitism about oh yeah yeah okay because <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. like i remember trying to like get into like the the theater crowd because again, like I got into it pretty late, and so like I didn't like have like this wealth of knowledge that everyone else did, and like yeah. now that I do, like sometimes I catch myself doing it to other people. I feel like even in the sort of community of kids and people who like musicals, there's also like a like a hierarchy based on which ones you know, and if. Like, I mean, the one, the, the names that we were throwing out in terms of musicals were pretty, like, they're pretty well-known ones. Yeah. So there would even be people talking to us who are like, oh, you only like those, those aren't real, or they're not good, they're <laughs> too basic, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but totally, like, as much as I 
everyone I love is an actor or a theater person. Like those are all the people that I have in my life, um, especially just through college and, and growing up around you guys and that sort of thing. Um, I do think that being said that it's, there's truth to that stereotype. Yeah. Sure. And I don't know if it's like an earned elitism or an unearned elitism, just because like, you know, like every fucking movie you've ever seen, like the theater kids are usually like neglected and like people tease them and shit like that. So like, it, it must come from a sense of like, like I'm already in like a non cool kid click. I'm already in like an ostracized kind of group within the high school hierarchy. So like, if I'm going to be in this click, like I may as well be the coolest fucking person in this click. <laughs> I was going to say it, it almost to me, at least when, when I was in high school, it kind of felt like a, like a need to prove ourselves. Yeah. Cause we, yeah, we, you already do have that knowledge as a theater kid that you, you're already kind of competing against all the kids in your own friend group and your own like class and that sort of thing. So there's like that need to kind of prove yourself in that way. And then also there's that, yeah, the, the stereotype and like stigmas that kind of come with being like a quote unquote annoying drama kid. Annoying. So for sure. It's like a defense mechanism for a lot of people. I've always been afraid of like being put in that title of annoying drama kid. Like, like when, when we were in college, like I know that like one thing I would refuse to do is practice my scenes in the hallway. I, mm, yeah. I I would not do that. I don't want that kind of attention. Like I'm just working on my shit. Like I would do line work, but mm. I would in no capacity like act out my scenes in the hallway or like in the courtyard on campus. Like I would only I do feel that that. in class. And it was because like, be there, yeah. like I know that there's like this uh connotation that like all theater kids are just like attention crazed freaking look at me look at me pay attention to me people but like like that's something I never really wanted is just to be seen as like an annoying drama kid and like you know there were there were a few times where like we'd be in the halls doing something and like a group of us is practicing this scene and a group of us is practicing that scene and they just some person just like pop out in the hallway being like can you guys shut the fuck up like we're trying to do shit in here <laughs> yeah i mean i think like after having been you know exposed to the world of like theater and community theater and then going from that into college where we did film mm-hmm. uh they're they are very different worlds even though they're both acting because i think with theater you're you're taught to be like larger than life and you're taught to you have an audience that you have to perform for and you have to perform for like an auditorium of people so you're bigger and you're learning to sort of support yourself in that way whereas with film it's so much more about naturalism and honesty and and like being a human and yeah but living and and... what were you gonna say I, I find that, like, even, like, with the the theater performance aspect, like, yeah, like, you're there to perform to an audience, but those are people there, like, who paid money or, you know, made the decision to come see you do it. But, like, if you're just, like, out in public practicing a scene, like, those are people who didn't ask to be involved in this. <laughs> they didn't ask to be exposed to this, especially with, like, some of, like, the dicey dialogue that we had for some of the scenes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I would, like... 
Like whenever we had to like practice out in the hallway or out in the courtyard, like I would dead ass just like have the script in front of me and like I would just speak the words in a volume that like just my scene partner could hear. And then besides that, like they weren't getting anything else out of me if we were out in the halls. Well, yeah, I think I, I felt the same way. And I think like for me personally, it was just because I learned in acting school and college. It was just that acting became so much more of like a subtle thing. Yeah. We feel that need anymore to like perform and kind of like go all out. We could, we could scale it all back. Well, it was almost like, and maybe this is like my form of being attention hungry, but like my preferred way is just like practice in secret, be subtle about it. That way, when you go all out, you can see everybody's first reaction Ah, that is a really cool way to look at it, yeah. But again, that might just be like my ego just being like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock and amaze them. <laughs> Give them the old razzle dazzle. Give them the old <laughs> razzle dazzle. But I like, cause like, you know, we were all guilty of it. Like, you see someone else practice their monologue X amount of times, and then when it comes for their final performance, you're sitting there like waiting for them to say certain lines, and you're like, yeah, do it, do it, like do it, like say the say the line like you did that one time. And where I like, I'd rather just keep them guessing. Like, I'd rather just be you know only work with my scene partner like have as many other people like see it as the least amount of po as possible and mm. that that way when you do go full out and show the finished product like they don't have as much spoilers for it oh yeah i mean and i think that also makes it cooler too if, if like you're not uh like openly rehearsing then it yeah it keeps that element of surprise there and it keeps it like it keeps it fresh yeah because I definitely, you know, I really felt bad about my final monologue in our program, the the Philly monologue. Oh, and really? Yeah, well, just in terms of, because everyone saw me do it so many times. Everyone heard me do it. They knew how I was going to do it. Like, like, I was really happy with it. I know that, like, you know, other people really liked it. And then hmm. when I went to go do it and i was like all right now for my next monologue i'm doing the philly monologue and blah 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 and like everyone in the crowd kind of went like oh and i'm like yeah because you already know what i'm about to fucking do so like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it like it, it kind of like irked me and like it kind of made me wish that i picked something else to do that with just because right. like i was like oh like except for like a small handful of people here like everyone's already saw me do this like mm -hmm. i feel like i'm not contributing anything new now yeah, I, I feel that. And I feel like it also, like, in class, we always used to learn about how, well, like, when you're doing your lines, you shouldn't practice them in the exact same way or do the scene the exact same way over and over again, yeah. because then it loses, like, loses, like, the spontaneity of it, I guess. Yeah. I don't think that's, but yeah, um, yeah, I guess, like, I think also once you've done your monologue a couple times, then you also feel less connected to it in a way. Oh, no, sometimes I you don't. Sometimes I was in love sense, with but... Philly. I was I had an emotional moment at the end of that program. <laughs> yeah, but I know you loved that role. I, I remember that. Fell in love with that role so hard. I try I you know, I did method acting for it. I I I fell in love with this character and then like immediately after I'm like, "Oh, like, you know, outside of this classroom, like outside of this program, I'm not going to even have a chance to play this character for years now because yeah. you know, I need the perfect storm to play this character like one I need to be the right age because I was only in my very, very early twenties playing, mm. you know, a middle-aged man. 
Yeah. And I'm like, so I need to look the part. And then also there has to just so happen to be someone doing the production at the same time before I can even think about playing this character again. And like, I was just so in love with the character and I was like, so like infatuated with the character. Like it was one of my best characters, like one of my favorite characters that I ever got to play. And I was like, oh shit. And and now I just can't. We really, we really did luck out though, getting that specific play, Criminal Genius by Mm. George F. Walker. It was so good because it was, it was just such a fun but there was also so much to unpack in all of the characters. Oh yeah. And just to have that full term of our college program to actually like focus on that play and get to work on it. It was like, it was my favorite thing that we did probably in all of our, our time there. Oh yeah. Like I lived and breathed that character for a while. I, I actually used to get into arguments with our professor about the character. And, like, again, I don't know, like, you can say that, like, it was me just, like, really getting into character or just being a fucking shithead because he's the professor. (laughs) He's, you know, he's, he knows that he definitely knows this character better than I do. Like, Mm. and I would argue him all the time because he'd be like, what do you think Philly would do in this situation? And I'd be like this. And he'd be like, "Mm, do you really think so? And I'd be like, yeah. Then I'd give him, like, a fucking essay as to why I think Philly would do this. Okay, well, like, what do you think Philly's, like, opinion is on that? I'm like, I think Philly thinks this about it. And he goes, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And then I give him, like, a whole fucking book as to why I think that. And, like, I don't know. I still don't know if that pissed him off or impressed him. And, like, I really don't want to open up that can of worms again. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing, though. I think, like, because we've been talking a lot about comparing film and, like, film acting and theater acting and that sort of thing. Like, I think... um, the nice thing about our college program was we got to do, even though it was a film program, a lot of the stuff we did in our first year was theater based. Um, and so like, it was cool. Cause I think all of us got to like, with that play, we got to really unleash that like passionate theatery side of ourselves. Oh, yeah. Cause it was the play where we got to like, got to yell and we got to be a lot less subtle about things where there was a lot of screaming. The there was a lot of screaming and like a lot of violence in that play. Yeah. <laughs> like looking yeah. back on it oh i got to trash up but the it was set. cool and then we got to like really really fall in love with those characters oh it was so fun i miss that a lot yeah and um the role that i played was uh the role that nikki originated when she did the play mm-hmm. that uh, must have been like intimidating when they... like you played a character that one of our profs did, did oh she... It was... did she give you like any kind of advice on it or did she just let you run wild with it she let me go crazy with it, which was amazing. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it. And she obviously gave me, once she saw us perform it, she, um, she just talked to me a lot about it. And we had so much fun kind of comparing the way that we saw certain scenes and certain characters and or mm-hmm. relationships with other characters and that sort of thing. But it was definitely a lot of pressure because I'm like, my prof uh, originated this role and now I have to show her my take on it. Yeah, that... Oh, that almost makes me wish that they didn't pick the... That's such a position to be in. Like, I don't even know... Like, knowing that, I don't even know if that was, like, a smart idea. Like, that's so much (laughs) pressure. It was... It was really cool, for sure. I I had a really good... I had a really positive experience with it, just because... uh, Getting to do some of the scenes in front of her, she came up to me after and was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even remember that scene until... (laughs) I saw it and then it brought back so many memories so I was like oh my gosh that's crazy but it's also yeah the thing about theater is you have um so many people before you a lot of the time unless it's like a brand new original production yeah you have so many people who 
have their own take of a certain character. So there's like a lot of pressure in that sense to like make it your own, but keep a lot of nuances of those characters. Oh, exactly. And like, again, that's why I don't know if I, if I crossed the line or not, because I, I, I've, I had very, very strong opinions about my characters opinions and what they were. And like, mm -hmm. th there were times where I can tell that like the professor was like, kind of digging it and like other times where i can definitely tell he's just like all right well fred just won't budge on this so like i guess we're gonna do this right yeah i mean i think that's where it, it's always kind of a fine line in terms of acting is that like, acting in general is pretty subjective in terms of like how you see a character and people's visions for things so mm. people are gonna feel really strongly about sometimes the same character and sometimes the same scene and like the hard part is yeah when you have very different like conflicting ideas of what a scene or a character should be like then it obviously cause yeah like, uh, like combativeness but i mean i think you were fine it, it, it worked out in the end clearly <laughs> yeah no i really yeah I, i'm just gonna keep repeating myself i just really enjoyed that character <laughs> Oh. Um, I was going to say something and we mentioned it earlier oh, and no. it's like slowly slipping away because this is what I do when I talk a lot um, <laughs> ideas oh, come and they go think, oh. uh, we were talking about how like a lot of actors typically the, the theater ones or the high school theater kids I should say mm -hmm. they have that I guess sort of need to um, prove themselves and then that need to like or not a need but like the like a more, more of a willingness to kind of like perform and rehearse out in the open kind of thing yeah when we, were, when we were talking about that it got me thinking about kind of how like just with actors in general whether you're a film actor or a theater actor i think we all always are gonna have that that need to sort of prove yourself but it, it shows up in very different ways Oh, for sure. Like, I know that that was, like, one of the drives for me to start this podcast was, like, okay, like, I went to school for acting. Like, I got to get into some kind of performance. I need I need to do something to, like, you know, prove that, like, I'm here to entertain people. And then, like, that that's something that, like, I always made me want to do the podcast. This is, like, okay, yeah. well, like, going to do this then. And I'm going to, you know, I want people to listen to me. I want people to hear me talk. And yeah, I think whether it's whether it's film or, or theater or TV or anything, I think if you are an actor or a performer in any sense, you like you're obviously in it because you love it. There's no mm -hmm. in our industry, there's no way that you could do performing or do what we do without having a love for it. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, like with that passion, it's like you want to be able to to put it out there and to show the world something and it yeah it'll usually manifest in different forms like how we said theater kids are a little bit more like big typically in terms of what they show people <laughs> and then, yeah but I, I think that goes for, for any performer is whether you're whether you have a big personality or or want that attention in that sense or whether you just want to like get some sort of message across with your acting I think it it always is like a commonality that we have I don't even know if I said that right or i put that into the right words you said but a bunch of words in a row yeah who i don't even know if i'm <laughs> saying no, I, the right I get thing. it like 
you know, as annoying it might be to other people to like watch people rehearse live or, you know, feel that there's a level of elitism within the community, like once you talk to somebody within the community and like you can experience like their encyclopedic knowledge on like so many things like you can't reach that level of knowledge without being at least a little bit like passionate about the subject because like i don't Mm, think anyone would like hate research like like research musicals out of hate because then there's no way that they would (laughs) like they would know that much and be able to retain that much and like you know be able to like pick a single musical and like you know just talk about it like you know like bring up hairspray and like just be able to like know that like you know like tracy's mom is usually a person in drag like that's that's just and that that's just the way hairspray is and and like just talk like be able to know like these little factoids without like you know actually at the very least being interested in it yourself yeah 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 yeah. and i mean with that craze of like no, not everyone necessarily like becomes like obsessed or like fixated on on being a fan of a certain production or a certain movie. But I do feel like when people are like really, really obsessed with a popular movie, there's less of a like a weirdness about it than if someone is talking constantly about a musical, which is kind of funny to me because it's mm-hmm. it's people being like really enjoying and loving entertainment. It's just different forms. So it's kind of funny that there is like a when someone's like, I love musicals, people are like, no, that's weird. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's just, again, it's just another genre of a movie. Like, there's people out there that, like, I, I freaking only watch action movies. I only watch horror movies. Like, it's just another genre where that has its own community, in all honesty. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about how during this pandemic, we don't even, I mean, actors who are doing theater right now don't even have that Oh, that must be like for people who are like where like not only are they passionate about it but like it is genuinely their life and their livelihood this must be so difficult like yeah because live i mean obviously with with us and based on what we studied we are obviously more connected to like the film tv sort of side of it but of course mm-hmm. like putting yourself in the shoes of someone who is just as passionate about theater or about the arts, but it, it takes the form of, of live theater. Like that is it's crazy because they have no control over. Well, especially, we can't. especially like I could like, that's a rough position to be in because like most like runs of a musical and plays and stuff like that, they typically perform, uh, what is it? Seven, seven performances a week, six days a week. So they'll perform every night and then twice on one day so like could you imagine having like that much artistic expression at your fingertips and then it's just done and it's been a year now before you've been able to have that much artistic expression uh, I mean, for me personally i don't know about you but the best thing about experiencing that that sensation of performing live is the fact that you have like an audience and you've got a group of people who are right in front of you who you can actually have like a relationship with oh i love working like, the audience I, I love i love like crowd work like exactly in, you're like, getting an, hmm, you're getting an immediate reaction and like their reaction just fuels your performance and your love for the character even more and i feel like it's so hard right now without that form of art in terms of live theater like as an audience member or as an actor it's like you 
you can't replicate that sort of feeling anywhere else. Like film obviously is incredible because you do as an audience member get the same sort of I mean, you can have the same sort of catharsis, but it, there's obviously like a wall between the actor and you and the screen and the camera and I think the best different. I think I think like one thing that like theater acting will always have over camera acting is the instant gratification. Like yes. when yeah. you when you say something funny and you immediately get to hear the laugh or like when you say something you know, or like when, if you're playing, like, like one of my favorite moments playing Philly is, you know, he has, there's a part where, uh, so Philly is an alcoholic. I played an alcoholic and he basically just goes through like this crazy trauma and he's sober now and he's looking for something to drink and there's nothing to drink. And I have this huge, you know, moment. And then like, nothing is better than like the silence in the room after that, mm. moment, like after that moment, like it took, like I, it was intoxicating because <laughs> i mean yeah as film actors we get that sort of like human instant reaction when we're auditioning but other than that like you're rarely ever and you can sometimes get it from your crew and from the other actors of course so it's it's still there but it's not as um like, big and obvious as when you have like a full audience you're performing in front of mm-hmm yeah, I do totally get what you mean. Like laughter is just hearing laughter when you're doing something comedic is yeah, it's just because you know you're really doing good. it right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, on the other hand of it, though, is there stuff after having done film for so long that you like more as a film actor than theater? Post production for sure. Got to make me look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that right out. We get second chances for things, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah that's very true. I also just for sure. I think um, common misconception about actors because so many of us, like whether we are in film or or theater or whatever form, like a common misconception is the fact that all theater kids are like big personalities and they're like extroverted and um. I said theater kids. I mean, that like that goes across the board for all oh, actors. Yeah. A lot of people think that we're always on all the time, but there are so many of us who are like quieter and we're not the characters that we portray. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those are the fun people to watch play the big characters, in my opinion. Yeah, but that's the thing about that. I think I prefer about film too. Is is being one of those actors myself, I think it's it's nice to not be worried about having to sort of like turn the character into like a bigger version for the sake of an audience. It's it's nice that you get to have the camera so close and so like intimately in the scene with you and have your scene partner so close that you get to kind of be more human. I think I kind of mentioned that before. Yeah. That's the thing that I kind of like in terms of film acting versus theater acting, I think is just that like humanness that it has. And like the fact that you do just get to like live in the scene and not really have to play to an audience or like cheat out or anything like that. <laughs> True. I yeah. mean, there's definitely <laughs> super strong pros and cons to both. I think after yeah. doing a program, you know, centered around television, like camera voice acting, like my two biggest takeaways is I really, really preferred voice acting and I really, really preferred theater acting. Like, just with the the live performance, I just love working to a crowd. I love knowing immediately if I did something right or wrong so I can change for the next one. 
I I just really enjoyed voice acting, and I just found like the 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 camera acting for me. I, I enjoyed it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I had some really cool moments like on camera, but uh, I just find it's way 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 too repetitive for me. It's much much more nuanced than I was expecting it to be. Like, I yeah. do much like me personally. Like, I think I do much better playing to a crowd doing grand gestures like you know hamming it up a little bit and then where i struggled is you know when that camera's in your face and like you got to think of like every fucking muscle in your face to like let people know how you're feeling like that's something that like i struggled with yeah i mean a lot of people think all acting across the board is the same and it it that's real obviously really not the case but it's just it's so it doesn't matter what style of acting you do, do doing whether it's voice acting or or theater or whatever like it's so admirable because every single style has its own challenges so like you can't as much as yeah there are pros and cons you can't really like put one over the other necessarily in terms no. of like like there's there's they, they both have their own pros and cons and yeah, like, but you they're... can for sure enjoy one personally more oh, than the absolutely. other absolutely like they yeah. both have pros and cons their cons are as equally bad and their pros are equally as good so like it's just it just it's just a matter of preference. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it definitely makes me wonder now that we're talking about this, like, because we mentioned movie adaptations of musicals, it almost combines the two. So I'm yeah. curious to know how those actors feel. I think that'd be such a crazy experience because you're doing something that's typically meant for an audience. Then you've got like camera crew. So yeah. it's just like that's that's really interesting to think about. And again, that's why they probably had like you know, a Hollywood cast for the live right. action ones opposed to you know, I, I would really like to see like I I would love to see what it would look like. I I know it's impossible now because you know, people have died and like moved on and stuff like that. But like just for example, like take Le Miz. Take the full Le Miz Broadway cast and replace them for their same counterparts in the movie and vice versa and to see if either versions get better or worse yeah that's the thing i think yeah you have people who are so used to the style of film acting and then others who are so used to theater i yeah it's always like interesting to see how they would do in like each other's worlds i mean it would probably be unfair for the case of hugh jackman because he has extensively done a lot of like broadway and theater and he's hmm. done like a lot of live singing, so like I don't think, but I just, I just meant like in a general sense, like you don't have to take Le Miserable as like the example. Like you can do that with like any movie with a live action adaptation, and you know, impose the same question. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, interesting question to leave on, but uh, I'm afraid we're at time. I think that's the the end of the episode. Some food for thought for all of our anyone who's interested in oh, theater and film. Like I, I already know that like the only people listening to this are like people who are probably you know either interested in learning about theater, musical theater, all that jazz, or like anyone else who wasn't in this probably clicked off by now. So like I'm okay, with, <laughs> I'm okay with leaving the episode with that question. Or because we bribed them to listen to this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the episode. Thank you for coming on, Jenna. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. And you know, like maybe you'll be on another time. Who knows? You'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening and uh until next time.